Hello everyone, my name is Ron Shell. This is a new podcast called Role Forming with Ron. Um, this is our first episode, so hopefully this goes well for everyone. Uh, my first guest is going to be Chuck Birch here, who's, he and I have worked together for many years and, uh, you know, we're just going to talk about some of the stuff we've been through and all the things that we've done in this industry over the past 40, 45 years. I'm going to give you a little bit of history of my background in this industry from when I started and uh, where I eventually ended up. I started out with a company called Watertight Industries. They were uh, down in Denver, South Denver, um, building equipment for them, designing some things, and running the production floor. Um, I actually did two or three machines there developed. Um, I stayed there for about eight years, and they eventually um, went out of business. Um, during that time, before they did go out of business, uh, I designed and developed a prototype machine of a gutter machine that was, uh, had separate forming and separate drive rollers, which had never been done before, and also urethane drive rollers, which again, had never been done in a gutter machine. So that was built in a back room, a secret room, it was kept locked, and there was only three people in that whole company that knew about it. Um, Watertight eventually went bankrupt, and that machine actually was sold at an auction. So um, it was not a completed project by any stretch of the imagination. So when Watertight closed, three former employees and myself started a company called Jobsite. Um, it was a company that we continued with the Watertight line of equipment and made some improvements to it. Um, trying to make it better, you know, as we went along. So at that point, uh, I think that's when Chuck was introduced and uh, he was actually, um, hmm, at Watertight, he was actually out in the field working on machines for Englert, um, selling coil and working on equipment and selling equipment. Uh, so he and I had dealt with each other through the years uh, he came to some of my service schools. Came out some of the trainings. Yeah, and uh, you know I had four of those every year, and a lot of guys got trained there. But Chuck was one of them, and so I hired Chuck when Watertight went under, and we started Jobsite. Chuck had moved out here, and he was looking for a job, so I gave him a job uh, building machines and adjusting machines for me out here. Uh, so we did that for a few years. Um, and two or three years later, we sold Jobsite to a company called uh, Jacobs Manufacturing, owned by John ja uh, Bond Jacobs. Um, we sold the company. I went over and set it up in his facility. And I think were you there? You did you go over with me, Chuck? I think you did afterwards, didn't you? Yep, I came. Uh, I worked with you at the original job site, and then when Bond bought it, he, we went our separate ways. And then, uh, and then I guess back. a few months later, you called me and asked me yeah. to come back. So anyway, got it all set up and running for him and hired Chuck again over there and uh, we worked there for a few years. Um, actually a year and a half I was gone and actually went to New Tech, which is where we're at here today. Originally I was hired to reproduce or finish producing, I should say, the prototype that I had built at Watertight many years before. Uh, so that really interested me. Um, I jumped on the opportunity to do that. So in 1991, um, I started here with New Tech. Um, 
working on that machine and helping them finish a panel machine that they were working on. So um, in March of 1994, I delivered the first five-inch gutter machine. And the six-inch and the combo machine followed shortly thereafter. So we have been building that equipment since 1991 is when it started, uh, as far as the gutter machine part, portion of it. Uh, and we build that same machine today. So it's been a great uh, adventure for me. It's uh, always entertaining. Every day is different, something different. Uh, of course, Chuck joined the company. How long have you been with New Tech now, Chuck? Uh, a little, about 10 years. 10 years, okay. So he's 10 years, I'm 30 years in this industry and 20, 29 years here. For, I'm sorry, 40 years in this industry and 29 years here. I think a little over 40 yeah, years. Yeah, it's probably more like 45, I think, but who's counting, right? And once you get to 20, you stop counting. Yeah, so anyway, um, that's kind of my ticket uh, into this industry, and uh, it's been a um, very rewarding industry. It's, uh, it's really nice to be able to create something from uh, raw materials uh, and produce something that you actually put out in the public and you see them driving down the street every day. It's kind of, kind of rewarding and neat to see that. So, Chuck, why don't you tell them about your history? I, I actually started, well, my dad's best friend had a gutter company and I've been around the machine since I was a little, little. And uh, I was always told if I wanted a job, I could go get a job with him. So um, I worked for a dealership, Chrysler, and when they um, had some issues, uh, I went over and asked him for a job. He said he wasn't hiring. So I walked across the street to Englert and walked in and they liked what I could present to them and they hired me. And I think I was with Englert there uh, 10 or 12 years uh, working with Englert, and that's where I started communicating with Ron. I was at the Virginia branch, um, and I started moving up and down the East Coast, repairing machines, um, but, um, enjoyed it a lot. Um, and then when Ron, uh, I was trained at Watertight, and then when Ron started job site, he gave me a call, asked me if I was interested in moving into Colorado um, and coming out and building machines, and I thought that was real interesting for my career. So um, I left Englert, moved out here to Colorado, started with started with Ron at job site, uh, building the machines, getting them out to the customers, and also uh, when I wasn't building the machines, uh, I would go out and service not only some of the machines but even some of the old water type machines uh, through the company. Actually, you did. More than watertight, you did everything that I was did, out there. Yeah, I was Englert trained, uh, watertight trained, uh, Grover trained. I worked on all the industry's machines that was in the United States. Um, and that's where my forte, I found out that nobody knew all the machines. So I figured if I could learn and understand all the different random machines that I would be a specialist in the industry. And that's basically what what happened. It took years, but I got there. And uh, I not only know the these machines, the job site machines, but I know all of them out in the industry today. Um, I moved out here, worked with Ron at job site twice. Um, when they went from job site over to Bond, I went back to work with Ron at Bond. Um, then I broke off, uh, went back to Englert. I worked at Englert here when they were here in Colorado. They opened up a branch. 
uh, worked for them for a few years. And then I moved away and went into, started my own business installing gutters and I still repaired machines. Um, I couldn't tell you what year that was, somewhere around the 90s, I think it was. Um, and then I started traveling, uh, stopped doing installation of gutters and started traveling around repairing machines because nobody was doing it. And people were out there asking me to come out and do it. So I thought it would be a good idea to do it full time. So I think I did that for about eight years. Um, became a dealer for a couple of the distributors, including New Tech. Um, I was selling machines, repairing machines. Ron would call me with uh, service uh, in different areas and I would travel out. I had a motorhome. We were traveling in a little trailer. We pulled for a repair trailer. Um, and then my wife and I decided that we wanted to stop traveling, came in, told Ron, uh, this had been almost 10 years uh, ago, um, told Ron I was going to stop traveling and he said, why don't you come to work for us? So I came to work, I shut my business down and came to work for New Tech full time. Yeah. Started in the service department uh, as a service tech, uh, moved through there, um, got to know the machine a lot better and today I'm now the quality control manager for New Tech. The technology from when Chuck and I entered into this industry uh, to today has changed drastically. Kind of archaic. Yeah, um, you know, before it were it was uh, hard chrome, industrial hard chrome, top and bottom solid rollers that not only formed the material but they also drove the material through the machine, and they're very slick, which meant you had to um, add excessive pressure to get some materials to go through the machine, which Pressure is uh, a definite negative when you're row forming. Uh, the less pressure you have to put on it, the better you are, because you're not stretching that material and making it do weird things, and then trying to correct it afterward. So over the years, and Chuck, you can chime in here. We've, you know, every machine out there was based on that same principle. Nobody did anything any different. It was they were all the same, slightly different, doing you know one part here, one part there, but for the most part, there were just the same technology. Yeah, all the, all the machines use the same technology of hard uh, roll forming. Um, some use different methods, but for the most part, they were chromed uh, to make it slick so it wouldn't remove the paint off of the material. Uh, and you get a nice clean, straight piece of gutter. Um, the biggest thing was is getting the machine to run correctly uh, and straight with no tension so the, you could, the customers out there could hang at the installers. The thing that really changed is when, uh, when I did the watertight machine, um, with the experience that I had previously building equipment, um, trying to service equipment, that old stuff, it was just, you know, not anything that was in concrete. I mean, everything, every machine was different. It had its own personality and you had to figure that out. This man's very good at doing that. Uh, probably better than I am, actually. Um, but, my goal when I designed this machine, the new technology, and I, I could say new technology because since this machine was introduced, um, most of the people that were producing that old style machine have either copied our machine or gotten completely out of the business because they couldn't compete with it. Yeah, they had to find something else to do or they had to find a way to compete. Yeah, so um, uh, separating the drive rollers from the forming rollers, which again, the old technology that was all combined into one. 
but separating the drive rollers so all they do is pull the material through the machine. That's their only function, to pull it straight through that machine. And then you can uh, take the forming rollers and make them passive. In other words, they are not driven. The thing that makes them turn is the material passing between a male-female roller. Yeah, I call it two different systems. You have the drive system yeah. with the rubber drive, which is soft to the material, and then you had the forming rollers, which didn't yeah. do anything but just pull along with the material. So the other part of the old machine, the old technology was the hard chrome plating. Um, a lot of times you had a lot of rust because you could not tell if a roller had hard chrome plating on it or if it didn't because you polished it to mirror, mirror finish, and if you didn't have the correct test equipment, uh, you couldn't tell it was plated completely or not. So during this time when I was developing this, I wanted to get away from that as well. And that's when we started using stainless steel. Not that that's anything new. I mean, it was used before, I'm sure, in implant equipment and whatnot. Uh, but in this portable equipment, to not have chrome to deal with, and even in, in here, if you run a screw through a hard chrome roller, you now have a, a, a cr the hard chrome is harder than a file, basically. I mean, a file would just slide right off of it. Uh, once you put a gouge in it, it's there. I mean, you're not going to get rid of it very easily. You can grind it off or whatever, but it's hard to get it to stop or to not make a mark as the material passes through there. Um, the stainless allows us to just take a file and turn the machine on and just hold the file against it and you can file it out smooth and you didn't even know it was there. So there are a lot of different things um, that this allowed us to do. The old machines required that you leave uh, coil loaded in them whenever transporting them or storing them to keep the, uh, the gaps between the rollers the same and during transportation to keep those rollers from beating each other up. They were big heavy rollers and if you had one, one over the other one, as you went down the road, hit bumps, they would just bang against yeah, each most other. Most of them had positive pressure and no negative pressure to pull it away to hold right. it in place. So it used the material as the negative to keep the gap in place. Yeah. So by separating the drive and the forming rollers, the drive rollers, the urethane drive rollers have constant pressure, so they won't change. Um, and all the forming rollers are now passive, so we can sit, preset the gaps through them, um, and the material just passes through them. You do not have to fill those gaps because there's, there's 40 thousandths between each one of them. Um, you don't have to use them for pressure or anything, so that it allowed us to run all the different materials through that machine with very, very minimal adjustments, which was unheard of in the other speaking, machine. Speaking with all the different materials, all the other <clears throat> pressure machines that we had out there, the watertight, the job sites, the Knutsons, all of them, you couldn't just switch from almost one brand to another, but if you switch from aluminum to steel or copper, you had to have enough knowledge in that machine to adjust yeah. uh, the machine to run that particular product. Um, Ron called me one day uh, when he invented the machine. I was still working at Englert here in Colorado. He called me over and uh, came over and looked at it and he was real excited because he says, I set this up for aluminum. I could run the copper, I can run the steel, I can do this. So 
uh, we played with it a little bit and uh, came over and visited Ron on the machine a couple of different times, giving him some ideas and stuff. And uh, they got put into the machine, some of them did, but uh, we were really excited because the machine, you didn't have to adjust it. It would run practically anything you put in it. And that was one of the big pluses that he stumbled on that uh, worked for this machine. Yeah, so when I was designing this machine at Watertight, the prototype, um, like I said, it was in the back room. Um, once I got it running, I was just, I just couldn't believe it. Um, so I called all of the distributors that I had, or the, the ones that were interested, and told them what I had done, and told them I was gonna have a demonstration of this machine. Um, and I invited, I think I had, say I had custom build, I had Englert, um, I had Narandix, and I had Reynolds. I think those were the four big ones I had. Anyway, they all sent people out to, to this demonstration. And I had the machine set, it was a one inch tubular steel frame, so it was really, flimsy, I mean, you pick it up with a forklift and it would just sag and, but I had it on a nice uh, flat surface and I had all the coil, I had 25 foot long pieces of copper, uh, 027, 032 aluminum, 24 gauge steel, which none of the machines before Nobody this would work. Nobody could run that. Um, just all the different materials that anybody would want to run. And one at a time I'd run them through there and they'd go, wow, that's a nice piece of gutter. And then I'd grab a piece of copper and go, I'm gonna run this through there now. And they go, oh, there's no way that's gonna work. And I'd run it through and it'd come out straight. I just did that with every sample I had. And that's what really set people on fire. In fact, uh, one of the guys was there, which was Carl Miner, you know Carl Miner. Mm -hmm. um, eventually, when I redesigned this machine, uh, or I mean, when, when I uh, put, put, wanted to put the prototype out for testing, so I called this guy who had come to a lot of my service schools and I'd known him for years. I had a lot of respect for him and asked him if he would put it in one of his trucks and test it, you know, and just get back to me. Well, he said he would, so I sent the machine to him. Um, it got delivered, taken off the truck. He unpackaged it and looked at it. Supposedly he didn't run a thing through it, he said, but, and he said it was a piece of junk and he didn't want anything to do with it. He sent it back to me. So that was uh, kind of shocking to me, but he ended up being one, the first guy to copy this machine. So that had to tell you something right there. Um, it's, uh, that, that machine running all those different materials that day was, for me, uh, was like uh, a climb, climbed Mount Everest, you know? It was just amazing, because I couldn't believe it and they couldn't either, so. The only thing I was really awed at is when it actually got into production, it took a while uh, for Ron to call me to go out and do a service on one of them. I had my own company and I was going around servicing the other machines. Uh, Ron called me and asked me to go out to Utah to fix this one particular machine he was having problems with. So I went ahead and drove up there, talked to the customer, uh, went through all the procedures, looked at the machine and um, the customer's running a couple of different types of material. Um, and I went ahead and looked at the machine and um, went through with Ron what, what the issues could have been. So 
Um, I looked at it, made the adjustments, got the material straight like the customer wanted, um, did find a couple of issues that uh, a roller here had moved or so forth, and that's why I was having issues with it. But then he said he wanted to, he had a copper job coming up and he wanted to make sure he could run copper. So we took the copper and ran through it and he said, I told him it didn't have to require any adjustments, it was straight. So he said that was good. He said all of his other machines were uh, different brand machines, the other hard chrome rollers, and said I always had to adjust those for the copper. And I says, no, not this one, you don't have to. Mm -hmm. I said I experienced that back with Ron when he was introducing me to the machine, and then uh, this one here proved it again that uh, it would do exactly what it was said to do. And it, it ran very well. Yeah, that, that reminds me of another kind of an aha moment, or actually a really cool moment. Um, we had the, the machine, I had the five inch and the six inch and the combo already out and was trying to get local guys, some of the bigger companies to, who most of them were on either Watertight or Knudsen. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what was here. That was, yeah. Trying to get them to buy one of my machines just to try it, you know, as I knew if I could get one in their hands, uh, the game would be over, right? So Sanchez Seamless, back in the, back in the early 90s, was one of the bigger accounts in Denver. I mean, he he had, I don't know, 10, 12, 15 he trucks running. Yep, yep, he had quite a few going. And uh, I called him over and tried to sell him machines before, and he was just never, he was a Knutson fan, and that's the way it was. He wasn't, he would never buy one of those. So the summer came, and this was probably two summers after we introduced this machine. He calls me up and he goes, Ron, I have a six inch copper job and I can't get it to run through my Knutsons. Keeps oil canning and rippling. And I said, tell you what, you bring your coil over here, bring your truck over here with your coil on it. I said, bring me the coil and if I can run that coil and run your job through that machine while I'm sitting here on my floor, then you buy, you buy that machine. So he brought his coil over. Um, I mean, he had his cutlass. We ran the whole job right there. Started stacking it in his truck. He went in his truck and got his checkbook and wrote a check and took that machine with him. So that was the, and then he ended up changing all of his machines over to ours eventually. Within a year, he had all, all of the new tech machines. But that's the kind of thing that happened with this machine and it has to do with the thing stays in adjustment. It runs all the different kinds of materials as long as these guys keep their hands out of them, basically. But it even comes with a setup sheet, which I did from the very first machine that I did. A setup sheet that has all the critical dimensions and where they were set for your particular machine. So I, you can call a guy from 1991 or 94 can call and say, hey, my machine has been, you know, some guy's had his hands in here and it's all messed up. So I can send him the setup sheet and he can set it back to where it was when it left the factory in 1994. Nobody else in the industry can do anything like that. And 90% of the time when he readjusts it, he calls and says the machine's running fine, but a little tweak, and we instruct him how to make these couple little tweaks. I guess it's due to uh, roller wear, uh, just use of the machine. And with the cup, after he goes back to the original dimensions and made with a couple of little tweaks, uh, we get the machine running straight right over the phone. Yeah, it was a huge improvement. I mean, the service, the service end of it kind of really uh, lessened because these things just kept, just keep running. And yeah. one, of, one of my biggest thoughts with the machine was 
we'd have a customer call and he's been running the machine, but all of a sudden this roller wouldn't drive or this was, he'd noticed a, an issue with the machine. I'd go out there and have a broken shaft or chain would come loose or something like that, but the machines would just run. Um, customers wouldn't know it unless they took the cover off of it. There was something broke in the machine. And yeah. all the other machines, I don't recall any of them that if the chain broke or shaft broke or something like that, those machines were shut down. They were done. Yeah. Um, and that's one, one of the, my awes with it is that something could minorly go wrong with it, but could be major like a broken shaft, and the machine still ran gutter. Yeah. It's, a, it's an incredible piece of equipment. Um, Maybe I'm a little, <laughs> well, I don't know what the word pro is. Yeah, a little pro new tech, but it is a great machine. And, you know, it's, it's been great for this company. This little, this little company that started out with four employees, that's what we started with. And you can see what it's grown to today. And part of it, a major part of it, is what that gutter machine did for us. Yeah, uh, another thing that's happened with regard to panel machines is, uh, you know, of course, we came out with the new SSQ, uh, originally from an SSP. We took the five-hour, two guys, five-hour changeover, and then try to get your machine to run again, down to 45 minutes for one man with one wrench. And once the machine is set to that roller set, it you just right. put it in and run it. Yeah. Again, it's another new tech first, right? Um, but through the years, uh, you know, we were competing with um, in-plant manufacturers of panels, right? So they would, some guy call on an order, he's building a shed or whatever, a garage, and he'd call an order um, coil for his project. And they'd, in the plant, they'd run out all the coil and palletize it and put it on a truck and ship it to him. And some of it would get damaged in shipping. Yeah, and then, you know, they had shipping, sh you know, they, they run the panels the wrong length or would get damaged in shipment. So now that guy's hanging out there uh, he's got everything ready to go and he can't build his, his building, you know. I mean, he's got guys standing around. He's still paying them. So now he's got to find something else for him to do. And he's, he's, he's listed at that point as the installer, but now that he's got a portable machine, he can take it out to the job. And not only is he the installer, but now he's the manufacturer of that panel. Yeah. But the, the, the other point I was trying to make is, was going to make, I get a little windy here, um, is the implant manufacturers and our portable equipment ran the same profiles, a lot of them, right? Um, and they were always telling their customers that our machines did not produce the same quality panels that theirs did. But the fact of the matter is, is they had some of our equipment in their plant running some of those panels. So it was just a, an odd thing. And today, if you, you, I mean, you talk to like Bradbury, um, you know, Bradbury sold our equipment. If somebody's looking for a portable machine, they send them to us. Um, so, I mean, that just, it's just a testimonial for uh, the quality of what New Tech has done over the years and continues to do to this day and will in the future. And one of the other things I can throw in there, if you want to start it, Ron, or I can take it up, is, is one of the things that I found with the old style machines, the guys would get up in the truck with the scoop pouch on, and uh, they climb up in there and they would drop screws on top of the machine. Next thing you know, the screws were falling into the machine. And the old style machines had the hard rollers all the way across. And if, depending on how they caught it, if they didn't catch it, they would run that screw all the way through the machine and damage all the rollers. And now every roller was imprinting. Mm -hmm. um, 
more so with the, the new tech machine is rubber drive. And if you ran a screw through it, it would go just through the machine, not damaging anything unless you hit one of the exiting drive rollers, which is minimal compared to what it would take to rebuild the other machines. It was thousands of dollars versus a couple hundred dollars. Yeah, and, and, and just to add a little bit to that, uh, one of the other things that this uh, urethane drive rollers system does and I think I talked about this earlier, is you do not have to keep that material loaded in the machine. So when you get to the last part on your job site, the last part you're gonna run, if it's 20 feet long, um, and your machine's 10 foot long, if it's a six inch or a combo, you hang 10 feet out, and then you go back and cut the coil off and finish running that out, and now your machine is empty, ready for transport, and if you drop screws in it, they just go through and don't hurt anything. And that's so that's another thing. So when the old machines had to have that in there to keep them in adjustment, um, it was a conveyor. Whatever you dropped in there, as soon as you plugged it in and turned it on, it was going through those rollers. You were damaging it. Plus, if there wasn't anything dropped into it, um, you ran that piece out and threw it away because it was from those rollers moving and rubbing against it it just ruined that piece that's in yeah, there. Yeah, you'd have to run it. So instead of, instead of hanging eight or 10 feet that you could have hung, you'd throw it away. So the machine, and that's part of the, the promotional thing that we did is the machine actually pays for itself because you don't have to keep material in it. You don't have to throw eight or 10 feet of material away every time you move it. So that's a big thing. Um, but back to the hard chrome rollers versus the urethane. Um, if you were to set, let's say you're gonna run 032 aluminum, which is 32 thousandths thick aluminum through one of the older machines, you would set your, you couldn't set your gaps at 32 thousandths because those rolls would just spin on it. They had no grip, they were, they were like mirror finish, right? So in order to get that material to pull through there, you had to compress it. So you may be down to 20 thousandths instead of 032. So water tights, you'd have to set the dry rollers down to 12 thousandths. Yeah, and then on the and the very exit end, you'd actually have to put, your face corner would have to actually touch the bottom roller with pressure to make that gutter run straight and to get it out of the machine once you, you know, you were trying to empty it. So that really opened up the world for the, for the new machine because it didn't have any of those issues, none of them. Um, so that's a, that's a huge difference between those rollers. And the fact that uh, if you looked at the rollers in, a, in say a five inch watertight machine, well, heck, you had, you had a bell roller, I mean, a top number two roller that was, the diameter is this big with a three eighths thick wall on this roller. And it's got webbing and a hole through it where the shaft would go through. That thing weighed 50 pounds, you know? So, I mean, you had a lot of weight, and that's why you had to keep material in there, keep those big old heavy rollers from beating the ones below them. So, I, I, I think I talked to, you know what I think I talked to Ewald. You remember Ewald? Mm -hmm. Ewald Stellrick, I think his name was. And he was doing a panel machine with big old wide conveyor rollers, right? And I think, and I actually built machines at Watertight. We were building machines for him. And that's when it actually struck me, well, why, don't, why can't I do something with a gutter machine? You know, something similar, not the same thing he was doing, but something similar, you know? He was actually using rubber conveyor rollers, and we're using, 
Yeah. And what we're using is polyurethane. You know, it's like the same kind of stuff they use in inline skate wheels and stuff like that. So very durable stuff. You know, they use them on roller coasters and, you know, carnival rides and all that kind of stuff. So it's a, it's a technology that was, it's been out there for years. Um, very durable stuff. And, and you can get a lot of different hardnesses and tear strengths and all kinds of stuff. So we have our own proprietary uh, recipe for those rollers. Uh, thank you guys for joining us in our first episode of Roller Forming with Ron. Uh, if you like what you've seen, uh, please like us and subscribe on YouTube and visit our channel there. We've got a lot of other videos and stuff to look at there. Uh, so you can find a lot of information there for service and uh, all kinds of things. How to buy a machine that just helps you all through a whole bunch of stuff. I'd like to thank Chuck for joining me and helping me out with this first episode. It's been a pleasure. Oh, it was my pleasure with the first episode. It was an honor being here. Thank you. Well, so we'll see you next time. <laughs>